You're listening to the OHLN 60 podcast. I'm Reese Maney along with Colin Ward. We are into November, second month of the season. Although I think we're technically at five or six weeks into the season. Um, and a lot still TBD to be determined, of course. Yeah. Um, as well, we're getting to the time U17s are underway. We'll touch on that throughout the headlines. Um, you know, and of course, we're starting to get to the point where we chat about the world juniors. Uh, that's kind of the yeah. point in the season we're at. And I think a lot of teams are doing some evaluating, trying to understand or maybe trying to think about what their plans are now that we've gotten so far into the season. And um, we'll touch on that as well. Um, so five weeks away, yeah, from World yeah. Junior Camp. Yeah, so we're getting there. Uh, November 7th, this show is airing. And uh, teams have some decisions to make, that's for sure. Um, yeah. we'll, give our, we'll give our overall thoughts on the weekend here in just a second coming up. We'll look at the players of the week, which will be included uh, in the headlines of the week as well. Um, we'll look back at a couple of teams that maybe stood out to us for the right or wrong reasons uh, this past weekend. Um, of course, we'll hit the hit the mid period break, mid show break. You could you could call it. Um, we'll look ahead to this coming weekend, which games we will have our eyes on. The power rankings as well. They came out. We will give ours. We will look at the OHL power rankings, and then we'll also give those low rankings as well. Our bottom four teams um, in the Ontario Hockey League. So let's get right to it, Colin. Um, Thoughts on the weekend. We'll start with you. Um, what kind of stood out to you this past weekend around the Ontario Hockey League? Yeah, you know what? I have a bunch of things that stood out to me. But first and foremost, we got to give a big shout out to Jimmy Gilchrist, Jim Gilchrist and Kingston. Big time. Congratulations on 3,000 games. Called the longest game in OHL history. Um, big congrats to Jim and everything he's accomplished. And uh, Jim Gilchrist is, is a great model for our league. And, you know, we talked about this, Reese, where do you, do you think Jim Gilchrist, do you think he is in the Hockey Hall of Fame? I mean, I think that has to come come through eventually. I mean, if not already, I don't know quite the facts on that, if he is already or not, but it's a Hockey Hall of Fame. I think that's a sure, amount, sure fact Hockey Hall of Famer, Jim Gilchrist. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good debate to have because you do have, of course, it, and it's – I don't want to say it's weird because it's not weird. Um, like for certain brackets of OHL guys who call games, whether it be on TV, whether it be on radio. Um, although I think both you and I can agree, let's get the radio guys on TV on OHL live, like we've said in the past. One hundred percent. It's the only but, right move, especially the road radio. Yeah, but but I think you have a you have a couple of categories that you throw guys into. So um, you know, you have the have the group of young guys who are. I don't know what age age range to put this at, but like the younger guys, the newer guys, I think you can throw Reed Duffy in there, Jack Moore in Oshawa. I think you could put him in there as well. Um, yeah. About guys who are, I don't want to say breaking into the league because Reed's been covering the OHL, calling OHL games for quite a while now. Um, sorry for making you yeah. sound a little bit old there, Reed, but <laughs> um, you know, Jack Moore is just into his second full season of radio um at least he of course he did the kitchener rangers on tv 
you know, filled in for Calaming a couple of times with the Generals two years ago. Yeah. Um, but but you know, compared to some guys around the league, he's still new. Um, so I think you have that category where the aspiration is go to the ECHL, go to the AHL, go to the NHL one day. Yeah. Um, and then of course you have the lifetimers who are just calling junior hockey and they are perfectly okay doing that. And we're perfectly okay with them doing it. Um, with yeah. Jimmy Gilchrist being one of them, I think eventually we'll get to Mike Stubbs calling 3000 games, um, in the Ontario hockey league. I think that's, yeah. What how many Mike's at? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Hey, eh? we'll have to shoot him a message because yeah. I'm curious about it too. Cause it's, I don't want to say he's close to it, but you know what? I would think within the next ten to fifteen years, he'd be great have to have conversation. Come. Well, Mike would be great to have come back up on the show about yeah. talking about how London's looked. I mean, losing to Kitchener on Sunday is a tough loss for them, right? London's always had the ability to win that game against Kitchener early on in the year, you know? Like, it feels like last year, remember, they had that 4 nothing win yeah. in Kitchener where they just dismantled the Rangers. And then, the, and the, like, it feels like every year when the Rangers and Knights need to have a big game, the Knights always win that game in November. Yeah. Um, and it carries momentum until the into the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, Sunday was definitely a tough one for the London Knights. I mean, the London Knights really don't look that great. Um, in my opinion, right now, but uh, yeah, that's it. That'd be a nice conversation to have with Mike Stubbs, talk about how the Knights look. Another question would be for Mike, I guess, would be what was the greatest game you've ever called? Because he has a lot of big calls. Oh, my, the, the I Hor- mean, the Horvat goal with point one to go in game seven has to be top three. Memorial Cup, the Chuck goal, yeah, he probably won. Yeah, yeah, there's. I think there's too many to try and think of. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that'd be a good question to ask him. Cause yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure eventually we'll be talking about him. Like I said, getting to 3000, I think, you know, the Beller and Windsor is one of those guys it's, where it's like, he's just a junior hockey dude that calls games and we're, there's nothing wrong with him. If he stays and does that for the rest of his life. Um, what's Ted at? Ted is it. Cause that's going to say he's not up there, but I think he's over a thousand. Yeah. Um, because I think this is year 15, 14 to 15 for him. And I mean, we're talking like at least double that for Jimmy Gilchrist to get to 3,000. Um, but for Ted yeah. Lehman, I would say I I would have to think he's over a thousand. Um, yeah, because he's got a lot, Larry, too, as well in Guelph. Yeah, yeah, he's one of those lifers where the Guelph Storm don't really sound the same without him. Yeah, great guy, um, too. Uh, yeah, Ted, because he had a year off thanks to a few clowns at a certain radio station. Or actually, it really was just one clown. Um, and then, yeah, I think of Larry. Um, I mean, the amount I don't the amount of games of Fred Wallace. Now, to be yeah. fair, we're looking at a guy that did road games, um, and he didn't didn't have any home radio, um, so that of course cuts it in half. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the PA. I think where else? I mean, Peterborough's had a couple of different guys over the last number of yeah. years. There's Stu Kernan doing it right now for the for the Peterborough Peets. Um, yeah, that's but, that's tough. But you have those categories, right? Right, where you have the new breed who you know do have the dreams of going to the NHL. You have the guys who they haven't been doing it for long, but it's been long enough where yeah. you recognize them, you understand them. They're kind of in the middle, whether they want to go to the NHL, whether they want to stay put. And then you have 
this is going to really make them sound old, but guys who are older, uh, who, who just enjoy doing this and they were, you know, forever radio guys, um, just, just finishing out the career calling, calling junior hockey. So yeah, no, I, I like that Wardy. We'd mentioned it on the bulldog show to end off last week and, um, yeah, that's a good way to start. I had to start with it uh, with Jimmy Gilchrist, three thousand. By the way, sweet jersey. Shout out to Kingston, three K on the back of that jersey. That that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, that's sweet. Did they put anything up in the rafters for that? I didn't see a banner. No. You know how like you know how London has like the Pete James yeah tribute. They gotta have. I something. feel like one day they'll do that. Yeah, like they have the hip. The hip's always big in Kingston and Leon Center. Like yeah, that's big, but. You got to have Jim Gilchrist 3000 yeah. up in the rafters for sure. And that's got to be in the hockey hall of fame. Um, yeah, it's a I hockey wonder, hall of fame, not the NHL hall of fame. So that has to be big time. That has yeah. to be a hockey hall of fame thing. I wonder. Yeah. I'm trying to think of guys who may have even had a shot from the, even the Canadian hockey league. I'm trying to think there was, um, why is his, his name escapes me. I think it was with medicine hat. And the awards named after him. Um, I believe it's Medicine Hat WHL Media Award. I'm just gonna pull it up on Google for everybody listening. Um, because I believe they have a media award out there. Um, Scholastic Player of the Year. Every league's got that. Um, top scorer, Bob Clark, my dad's favorite player when he was growing up. <laughs> um, maybe mainly because he beat people up. Which is a nice, <laughs> nice thing to see. You don't see it anymore. Uh, Coach of the year, of course. Executive of the year, yeah. Scholastic team of the year. Um, there's got. Pretty sure it's the media. I've never seen that... one before. Yeah, someone will reach out. Somebody will reach out to the show. Like you got on that people got to sure. hit us up for that because yeah, somebody will for sure because there's most definitely somebody that has, um, for sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, you would think for sure there's some type of award out there in the dub because I remember hearing about that before, and I'm sure someone will reach out. Um, yeah, to us on the show. Uh, then also, um, Joe Thornton summer retired in Sioux this weekend. Um, yeah, the, another jersey that out. looks that look cool. Yeah, those look sweet. Ed, are the ta- are they, are the are the Greyhounds bringing that back? Is that something that we'll see regularly? Yeah. Because that's uh, something that I think that they should rock. Maybe twice a year at yeah. most. But I mean, soon soon there's gonna be reverse retros in the league, and that's one of them for sure. That you yeah. can see like a reverse retro with that logo, that'd be sharp. Um yeah, like those like I mean, I we're kind of um we're kind of biased with this because we are Red Wings fans and they do have Red Wings. Um, you know, their color scheme is Red Wings, socks, jerseys, everything. So we're still big yeah. fans of that. Please don't change that. Um, I'm still a fan of the Greyhound fully across the sweater. Same. Those red jerseys are sharp, and I could see myself. Yeah. I don't want to say wasting money because it is kind of a waste of money for me with the amount of jerseys I have, but that would be a solid one to solid one to buy. Um, yeah. But that's definitely one where it's – I don't know if it's a full-time one in my opinion. I like it for cert, like – certain nights i don't like it as a full-time alternate or a full-time um jersey throughout a year but i think it's definitely one where it looked good enough we're like yeah let's have a throwback night every year and we're gonna wear those jerseys every year on that throwback night well whether you raise a guy's number to the rafters or not 
Yeah, exactly. It's kind of interesting, right? Like you see Buffalo in the NHL bringing back those goat head, uh, the goat head. Is that what they're called? The, yeah, the black, red, and silver. Yeah. yeah, you saw them bring those things back. Um, it's interesting to me, right? Like we saw London last year bring those back, but I feel like is it better to bring them back full time or bring them back once a year? The most iconic jerseys in in the NHL teams are outdoor game jerseys that you only see once, unless you're Pittsburgh and you wear, the, wear those blue jerseys all the time. Yeah. For like two years straight, it was like, why? Um, but like, it's like with the Red Wings, right? The Red Wings outdoor game jerseys when they were in Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. um, those were the nicest outdoor game jerseys the Red Wings have wore other than their main jerseys. But yeah. those are the nicest yeah. ones they've had other than their main ones. Those jerseys were unreal. And like I'm kind of glad they didn't wear those things full time because like I feel like the more you see a jersey, it's like all right, like this gets old, and you yep. just want the iconic, you know, home and away, the classics. But to me, that's something that I think is it's almost is it better for Sault Ste. Marie just to wear these once, yeah, or do you do it once or twice a year? Like I think they just do it for Thornton's uh, jersey yeah. retirement day, by the rafters, pay tribute like that, then call it a day. But um. Great yeah, touch by Sue. Great atmosphere. Yeah, because I think there's certain jerseys that it's like, yeah, it's nice, but okay, once is enough, right? Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, you're right about the crowd. The crowd was was excellent for that game. Um, Joe Thornton, not rocking the full beard that we've seen in the past, but still still with that beard. And I was a big fan of that suit, too. Like, that was, that was a, a nice suit. That was a nice touch for to nice wear Tuesday on the race. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice touch. All right. Um, um yeah, that by, was a nice one. By the way, I found out. I've looked it up on Google. I've searched the WHL web. Um, the Bob Ridley WHL Award for Media Excellence. When does the OHL yeah. get that? A little they bit off topic it. from the Greyhounds topic there, but when does the OHL get that? And is it Jimmy Gilchrist whose name goes on that, or is it somebody well, else? Well, that should be. It has to be named after him. 100% it has to be named after Jim Gilchrist. Um, I think he's kind of the one that everybody strives to be um, when you're in the industry. Um, I think that's kind of like the driving force. That's kind of the guy, that, you know, the original guy, you know, that you want to be. Um, I think everyone strives to be like that. And, I mean, it's almost as if it's almost as if with Jim Gilchrist, it's like um, sh- shoot for the stars, land on the moon, you know, yeah. the to be like that, to be like him. I mean, it's nobody's it, – it's very hard to be like Jim Gilchrist. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's everybody's model to feed off of 1,000%. I mean, yeah. every every single veteran um, play-by-play guy and every play-by-play guy in the OHL, I know for us, Reese, we always like picking their brains, never get a chance to talk to somebody. Yeah. That's kind of the best learning experience, you know, because they've seen everything like um, – that's nice to be able to pick somebody's brain. I mean, we had Mike Stubbs on here. That's nice to pick his brain um, in Niagara and get to talk to Ted Lee, Ted Lieben. Um, you know, it's nice to pick their brains. They see things and they're open to teaching, which is huge, right? They're always open. And that's kind of like the feeding system. It's almost like a free college education in yeah. uh, sports media, um, to be honest. But uh, it's great. And um, I think Jim Gilchrist is kind of the strive for excellence that everybody strives to be. Um, and absolutely, if there's an when there is an award, it has to be named after it has to be named the Gilchrist Award. Yeah. Um, 1000%, or I should say 3000%, but um, <laughs> that's a little fun in there, yeah. Attaboy, 
No, that um, was that was a cool ceremony. I'm glad that uh um, yeah, I'm glad Jimmy got the speech out. He uh um you know had his family there as well. And what was what was really interesting to see is that everybody that joined Jim uh on the ice, you saw a different variation of a Kingston OHL logo, a Kingston yeah. junior hockey logo. It wasn't the just a, kind of a it wasn't it just a K. Like, it was uh, yeah, know, the logos of the past that uh you know, whether like the front was around for all of them, but, um, you know, he was there for quite a few Kingston's changed their logo a few times. And I mean, we're talking also about yeah. a franchise it used to be called the Canadians. So, um, yeah, pull, iconic back a little bit, iconic organization there in Kingston. And I mean, that's pretty cool to be around there for that long and to be able to share a lot of stories and be able to share the memories, the positives of the franchise. Yeah. That's really cool. And I'm sure, and you know, the Frontenacs really appreciate that as well. Having a guy like Jim Gilchrist at the helm, because you don't have to worry about those guys. Right. And that's yeah. nice. It's nice to hire somebody to do play by play. And it's like, we are not going to hear anything negative. This person's not going to be negative. He's not going to be like quote unquote snooping around the team all the time. You know, yeah. it's not going to be like that. Um, he comes, he goes to work, and well, okay, right? Like it is with relationships they with players, and, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just a nice that's guy nice to hang to out with. Yeah, you know, you're comfortable talking with them, and that's kind of the most important thing. Yeah. Um, uh, episode number two of Spirit Rising came out. I may have talked about it last week, but episode three and four are going to be exciting uh, to say how the Spirit have played. Um, not going to rip on Saginaw too much, but. Because I think I do that every week, but all I'm going to say is episode three and four are going to be very entertaining. If uh, to see this little run to see what the message is in the room, but uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. It might be like the HBO series. Remember in the HBO series when uh, the Red Wings ran it and the Leafs ran it when um, both coaches uh, kicked the media out, or Henrik Zetterberg, I guess, kicked the media out in yeah. Detroit, and then Mike Babcock kicked the media out in Toronto. Uh, I never forget that when when uh, Zetterberg walked into the door, walked in the dressing room at the Joe and closed the doors behind him and like just gave awesome. it to the team. That was kind of cool to see, and because they still had the dressing room mic, but they didn't have a camera. But yeah. that was kind of really yeah. cool to see that to, or to hear that. I guess. Um, wonder if we get that. I don't. I doubt it. I doubt we get that level of uh, drama. I guess, but we'll get. I'm sure there's going to be some sort of tension in the air when things aren't going your way and you're hosting Memorial Cup this year. I know it's early, but things have to yeah. change dramatically if they're going to get in the top five in the conference. Well, well, and that, that brings a question up for me, Colin. And I mean, we're, it's tough to say we understand what goes on in a, in a meeting between players and coaches in OHL dressing rooms. Um, I mean, I was a part of a few in Niagara, just, happening to be working and, and doing stuff and hey, Wednesday um, night I saw one. Yeah there there happened to be the meeting. Like yeah you said in, in Brantford on the Wednesday night. Um so I, I bring up this question Colin because I don't I don't think it happens as much as it does in the NHL. Um but in terms of the Ontario Hockey League and let's just pick Saginaw um a team that's hosting the Memorial Cup but sits in ninth place in the Western Conference. Um how often do you think players only meetings happen in the O? Um, like obviously, obviously you much. have, yeah, like you have your three OAs that can kind of lead the way that way, but at the same yeah. time, like it, at least speaking from experience with Jay, and you can talk to this as well, it just yeah, seems Chase. like that everybody has to be on the same page, and not by has to be, I mean, 
They want to be on the same page. Everybody wants to be part of the process together. Coaches, players want to be included together. Staff want to be included together. And they don't just yeah. want it to be players having their own own meeting and discussing things out. They want to be a part of the process. They want to understand what it's going to take to get better and everybody to make sure everybody's on the same page. So, yeah, yeah. I think you're right, Colin. I don't think it happens as much as we probably think it does. It probably happens once in a while. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, if you're at this stage in your career in the Ontario Hockey League, um, I doubt the first thing that comes to mind is having a players-only meeting in October, early November. Um, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I think I'm, I'm interested to know if if Saginaw would ever be in that position or not. Yeah, it's hard to say. Right, I, I'd say in, in this a month from now, if nothing's changed. Absolutely, but right now, I don't think you can panic because it it rubs yeah. off on the kids. And that's where the quote-unquote kids quote comes in now. Um, early on in the year, you're getting used to systems and everything yeah. that goes on there. But, um, yeah, Spirit Rising looks good. But definitely episode three or episode four are definitely going to have a lot of looks to it to see how the show turns out. I mean, you definitely – I think the views are going to go up. When you see the record, right, like you see the standings, I think it's going to go up. Um, also, we had a couple trades this week. Jacob Chromiak goes to Kingston for a very fourth-round pick in 2025, a Kingston second-round pick in 2027, and a Kingston sixth-round pick in 2027. A lot of, lot of teams after Jacob Chromiak. Um, when you saw Dvorsky go to Sudbury, you knew they were going to move Chromiak. That was kind of the move that was going to happen. Everyone knew that. Um, took about a couple of weeks, right? It took two, three, two and a half weeks to get this deal complete. There was a lot of teams involved. Um, a lot of teams interested in Chromiak as they should. A lot of teams that need an import right now that are short one that could take that. That kind of brought the prices up. Um, but a great trade for Kingston to get that guy. And hey, Kingston needed to make a move like that, right? And that's a big one for them. So Chromiak goes to Kingston um, for three picks, a fourth, second, and a sixth. And then Connor Lockhart from Peterborough to Oshawa. Wow. Weird. But, hey, Connor Lockhart, he's arriving onto the scene with a bang. Um, third round pick, London's third round pick in 2025 goes to uh, goes to Peterborough. And Oshawa, fifth in 2027, goes to Peterborough as well. So a third and a fifth to Peterborough. Connor Lockhart to Oshawa. Um, great trade for the Generals. Mm-hmm. I mean, great Paid trade for both already. sides, to be honest. Yeah, great trade for both sides, to be honest. Because you now the, the fire sale starting in Peterborough. It does not matter where Peterborough is in the standings. They just don't have the picks to go for it this year. They just don't. Um, When you look at the conference, when you look at Ottawa, who gave up a lot of picks last year, you look at Sudbury, who's going for this year. Um, You look at the teams that are going for this year in the Eastern Conference. Peterborough just doesn't have the picks with those teams. But to say going for it this early on in the year is quite a stretch on my behalf. Because, to be honest, I mean, the Eastern Conference kind of just all up for grabs right now other than yep. one with Mississauga. But Mississauga is a team too, right? You know that they're going to have a lot of picks to give away um, after last year. So Peterborough just can't spend. So realistically, right, you're looking after the deadline. I just mentioned four teams. Ottawa will spend a, a little bit what they do have left. Um, but Ottawa, they'll buy as of now. Um, Mississauga, like there's a few teams there that are going to buy. Oshawa, I think he'll buy a little bit. Oshawa, right with the draft of players, they get Richie back. Look out. Yeah. Um, look out. They're a big team, man. They're, that's a big team. And Sunday, seeing them with the Bulldogs being in Oshawa, their defense did a really good job keeping pucks in. 
Um, they did a really good job uh, keeping pucks in. As we talk about it all the time, I mean, Oshawa does a good job with their sticks up front. Um, they're big, right? And their sticks are active. And when their sticks are active, they're a really good team. But when they're not active, they just look big and clumsy, to yeah. be honest. Like, it looks like you can have your way with them. But when they're on, man, like, their next game, Oshawa's next game is probably their biggest game of the year so far. When you look at that team, I mean, you just had two big wins on the weekend. You kind of got to win. You kind of got to win the next night, right? So the next game. So that's a big one for Oshawa. Which um, is in Ottawa. Yeah, that's a huge game so, for Oshawa, man. Oshawa's got to win that game. because uh, uh, On Friday. Because you know all about it with Oshawa, right? Oshawa, they'll make a couple wins, but then they'll go lose two in a row. Yeah. So it seems like the last two years they'll get momentum and like, okay, let's see it. And then you give them the opportunity and then they lose to. So this yeah. is a bit, these are massive. The game against Ottawa, I think it's a home and home with Ottawa. Um, but those are two massive games there this weekend for, for Oshawa. They got to bounce back, but Connor Lockhart definitely coming onto the scene, having a big night on Sunday. Um, that's huge. And their defense look good, keeping pucks in. So if they can do that, man, they're going to be good. Um, yeah, it's be- uh it's a three and three for the generals all against East division opponents. Um, Yeah. Like you said, home and home with Ottawa, they go in Ottawa Friday, home to Ottawa Saturday, and then home to Kingston on Sunday. And then they have a week off. They don't play till the following Sunday, which is that's weird. eh? But um, yeah, a full week off minus four hours. Cause it'll be a, 20 hours or, surprise me because it's a 205 start on a Sunday for Oshawa, which is bizarre. Uh, well, hey, maybe more people go to the games big time. Yeah, that's something you wanted to mention. Um, yeah. after attending the Brantford Oshawa game on Sunday, um, November 5th, it uh, you showed me the picture, it did, it didn't look like that Mississauga, was in the middle of the game. but for Oshawa, it looked like Mississauga. Yeah, man, like all I could think about is why would they build a new arena in Pickering? When it's closer to Toronto, and is Oshawa just becoming Toronto to where it's a leaf town, not a hockey town? I mean, that's a big that's a big quote. But I mean, I, the last two games, I mean, it's all like four games on television there, which you can't really give the direct quote from TV. But yeah. two games there with the Bulldogs this year, and both times the Bulldogs were there, it looked it's looked empty. Um. It looks like nobody, like it's not full. So that's just my, I'm just wondering, like, what, wonder what that's all about. Um, I know parking's kind of ridiculous, but there's a lot of access there. But it's just interesting to me to see is it just becoming a leaf town and not a hockey town, or what is it? So that's just a couple things that I noticed this weekend in Oshawa. But hey, you're going to have a good team there, so get out to the games if you can. Anyone from Oshawa listens to the show, I know we got a bunch. Let us know why. Um, and if it's just me with that, with the attendance, but I don't know if it's just me seeing Sunday's uh, attendance there. Like, there were corners with empty seats. Like, it honestly kind of looked like how Hamilton was last year in Hamilton. Yeah. But that's what it reminded me of, but just a smaller venue. So, it'll well, be interesting to see. But yeah, let's get it up. Great here. arena, man. I love that arena. Thirty-five sixty-seven. On the OHL website is was the attendance last night. Wow, so, I didn't even think that's a lot for. Yeah, myself. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm in, I'm in agreement with you. I love that arena. Um, the best, it's I, one of the best arenas. Yeah, when I like, and one of the best places to call the game, like, and and all the guys we know can yeah. can attest to this. Like, 
for a building that forgot to build a press box, um, where you call the game is pretty sweet. Um, you know, that's it's right at center ice. You're not o- hovering over the glass, but I would say you're probably 10 to 15 rows back from the glass, maybe a little closer. Um, I'd have to I'd say, say about again. eight, but like it's it, you're right at center ice. Now, the scoreboard's way too big for that building, in my opinion. I think it's got to be a little bit smaller. It's not, nice, oh, yeah, it's huge, but it's got to be a little, it's smaller. really nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, just all around a great building. Um, you know, they've got a community rink in there as well. Um, yeah. Just just all around the facility is is really nice. And I mean, I hope one day to go through the Oshawa Generals team area, the gym and everything, because all the videos I've seen look pretty, pretty damn cool. Sam, man, those look really nice. Um, what a facility there. It's huge underneath. It looks like an NHL mm-hmm. arena. Like we talked about that before we went on air night, like it looks like a professional sports venue, like especially a hot or professional hockey arena venue. Um, very nice, uh, very nice arena, good spot. Um, very impressed with that. And also I gotta give a shout out to Matt Overeen, a uh, big show a big show listener. Um he is giving it he is telling me that I gotta start giving it to Gavin for about the sandbaggers. Um <laughs> so GB nineteen this summer. We're coming for you. We're yeah. coming for you. That's gonna be game seven. Um, I don't care if I had a bad if I hit a bad shot, good shot. I'm gonna be in it to win it, and uh, that's all that matters. And um, I'm ready for you, GB19. Come on, everyone wants it. Let's do it. Um, and uh, yeah, that'll be fun. And uh, yeah, thanks for the puck. Appreciate that. I got to meet Matt. Um, got a puck in the warm up pucks there. Sweet. Anyone in Oshawa that's a Generals fan, honestly. I would get the warm up puck over the normal general's puck. It has the date of the game mm-hmm. and it has the two logos of the teams plus the team names. It's That's unreal. Sweet. Yeah, it's incredible. So uh thanks Matt for that. I appreciate that and thank you for listening. Um and uh yeah, all the best and hopefully you get a fun run there in Oshawa for you to cover the team and uh be around the team because I'm telling you when you're around a team that's winning, it's a great time um to be around that for to be around that franchise when you're around it. Cause it's the best part yeah. um, for us going with the Bulldogs two years ago. I mean, that was incredible to experience that. So um, enjoy it and uh, th- appreciate the support. And uh, yeah. Oh, also um, one more thing, Reese yep. silver stick will take place this year in Whitby. I know that's the end of November um, that will take place. I know there was a, in Whitby, there was a worker strike. Um, it's crazy, man. It's like one in every, it's like you everybody can, striking today, like holy crap. Well, you can only let like when I was talking before the game, I'm not gonna talk with who and what what, but when I was talking pregame, um it was they're only allowing one car in every three minutes, which is crazy. So a lot of teams are a lot of teams like scouts are gonna just park at the go train station, just yeah. walk over. Yeah. But that's that's crazy, but yeah, it will take place still. Um and that's a great tournament. So uh, that's nice to see the silver stick go. It's a great job for our scouts to kind of see what's going on. So it's exciting. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll see that. Yeah. But um, that's a good one. And should I tell the story, Reese, that I was telling you about? Um, in a second here, I want to mention something before yep. I forget. Um, so I took part in, and this this is kind of a story too, um, but I just thought it was funny. Not funny, but. Um, so with my girlfriend being, 
um, part of the marketing department at the Meridian Center. Um, Saturday night at the Ice Dogs game uh, against the North Bay Battalion. Um, a couple got engaged at center ice um, in the second intermission, yeah, which, which I thought was pretty sweet. Um, I got to play a small role in it. Um, really? Yeah. So what had happened? Last year ceremonies, man, I <laughs> wear a bow tie. I should have. That would have been I awesome. hear now pronounce you engaged. Yeah. But uh, what I had to do is I had to uh, I had to drag out one of my ice dogs pullovers to make it look like I was I was an ice dogs fan. Um, and I mean, I had tons of ice dogs gear from when I was there um, as the host of dogs TV. So, so I get my pullover out, just, just wore jeans and a regular hat. Um, so what it, ha- what the scenario was is there was a competition um, where we were blindfolded and we had to try and shoot the puck in the net um, from center ice. Um, so there was just the two of us, myself and, and, um, well, is now the bride to be Jessica, there is video. I'll give a shout out to Brandon Caputo who shot the video from the press box. I'll give a shout. Can we out please to get this? Yeah, I'll send it to you. Absolutely. Yeah, we got to post soon as my this. phone's not dead. Um, yeah, we have to post this on the story. So, and and the whole thing was it was her birthday too. So I had to pretend it was my birthday, even my birthday though my birthday's not till July sixth. Um, so what? Whatever it is, what it is. We're down at the tunnel. Um, I'm pretending it's my birthday. It's her birthday. We're having fun. We took a selfie with bones, um, and then so of course period ends. We go out to center ice, and um, they had ice dogs toques for us, which we both kept. Um, which by the way, shout out to CCM. That's a really nice toque that you guys make. Um, yeah, their toques are great. So, so I got to keep that, which was kind of cool, but. Um, so anyways, yeah, I go out there. I was the first one to go, obviously, because her now fiance was going to come out with a ring. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I went first blindfolded. Um, we'll give a shout out to Michelle, the, the game day person for the, uh, for the Niagara ice dog. She was great with us at all, uh, as well. Um, so I went first blindfolded. She goes, can you see the puck? I'm like, nope. So let me take it off for a second, find the puck. So I found it, stood it, stood it with it there on, on my stick. I had an Alex Asadorian stick. So I'm like, all right, this wow. has some scoring touch in it. Um, got it off the ground. The GB19. Man, I should have. Does he shoot left? I don't think he shoots left. I don't I'd know. I got to get that. one, though. Um, Thought so. Any, anyways, um, so yeah, get, get, the, get the puck on my stick, finally. Put the hat back down. Yeah, he's left, GB. Oh, it would have worked out. Yeah, I should have. Oh well. Um, Remember, I wanted so, to send me a Owen Sound one from it last year. Yeah, make sure I was looking for that. Yeah. Um, the only problem with mine is because I'm a lefty. Is I had to shoot. I was standing on the carpet, but I had to shoot in front of me. It wasn't right next to me, which was kind of tough. But it is what it is. We weren't yeah. really shooting for a prize because we had already won the two. Um, yeah. So I I shot it, missed wide right, but I got it in the air, and I felt like it was a decently hard shot for just someone who took a stick and got into a contest and tried to shoot. Um, yeah. But I did miss. And then, so whatever it is, what it is, I left the ice because I wasn't the big centerpiece of the whole thing. Um, so then she shoots, she missed as well. She missed left um, of the net. She was a righty. So, you know, she, she goes to take the, take the toque off and everyone's like, no, no, put it back on, put it back on. She goes, well, I want to see where the puck went. And they're like, no, you got to keep it on part of the rules. So of course that happened or her, 
now fiance came out onto the ice, um, said a bunch of stuff. They dimmed the lights at Meridian Center. Really? And, uh, the whole crowd got into it, and then they played Taylor Swift, which it is what it is. But hey, um, she's uh, she's zero and one against me in football. Just true. To That's go me. Broncos. Go Broncos. Um, and then and then yeah, of course she said yes. So um that was that was pretty big and that was a that was a pretty cool thing it's my first ever yeah, time being cool. on the ice entering a contest even though it wasn't really a contest because everything was planned um were you nervous at all about the contest or what man i was i'm like dude i gotta score what like, well, what do you do what do you do right like what do you because it's lose lose it like if yeah. i score yeah you make you look bad yeah you <laughs> like, kind of look bad yeah because she didn't score yeah. yeah she didn't score and she's the one but does she even care i don't even think she cares i don't even think the fans man, care she, because she wasn't engaged man we thought we were competing against each other but it was just <laughs> we were trying hey, to get it into the net i guess it didn't i'm matter telling you you'd love the not. bachelor after seeing that engagement nah uh, nah 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 not even yeah. a little bit um yeah, but yeah so cool. so so she said yes that was in the second intermission like i said um you know they went back up top they uh you know they had a whole there's a big big uh um banner that said hashtag my meridian moment created by my girlfriend um hey and, shout uh, out took, to alexa they took yeah yeah hey congrats on five years by the way oh thanks um, man that. that's a that's one of my grievances we're gonna have to do that on our festivus episode i gotta air yeah. some grievances about uh um about the keg and people who go to the keg. Maybe, oh, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll tell it at the end of the show. Really? But, yeah, I gotta um, know about this. Yeah, it's it's a joke, but yeah. So there was there was champagne, there was cake. We were hanging out upstairs with <laughs> with them. Um, their whole a bunch That's of their sweet. family and friends were there. So no, it was yeah. a, it was a cool event. It was nice that the Ice Dogs were able to do that for them. And uh, we'll a, give a shout out to uh, Brent and Jessica who are now engaged to to be hey. so congratulations to them and that was a that was pretty cool having all the all fans there the, the lights dimmed and um that whole event was pretty sweet so yeah you know what engagement's got to be tough because how do you plan that right like how do you plan an engagement like and now we're Especially going away like that but yeah like how do you do that like did they reach out to meridian center and then meridian so, center, because you know what that's a free photographer yeah hey, so what had happened is brett that bleep ain't cheap yeah yeah so Brent knew, so, how do I put this? Brent knew some knew Alexa's boss, who is the marketing director for a few venues, um, for owned by ASM Global. I think that's what they're called. Okay. Um. So he, he knew her through a friend, and kind of helped set it up. And then Alexa, nice. of course, was there to live stream, take photos. I was there to make it believable that it was actually a thing. I got a hat out of it. So that was hey, that's right. nice. Got yeah, some hey, cake, that's nice. Champagne. Um there may have been a ginger ale involved in there too, but oh, even better. It was it was good. Yeah, it was a it was a fun event. I just had to share that story. I know it probably went a little long, but that was a no, cool story from the from the weekend. Oh, yeah, Florida, no, North Bay win. Um Yeah, no, that's a great story to share. Yeah. Um it's kind of funny. Uh, the, since we're on a quick topic of engagement, I guess I gotta give a shout out. Liza, my girlfriend's sister, got engaged with her partner. All right, on congrats on Sunday. Yeah, so All I guess right. you gotta give the engagements. But um, guess who won the engagement guest pool? Yours truly. Wait, I get the day. what guest pool? I what? So Liza, my girlfriend, and her sister, okay. um, her younger sister, um, we would always pick each week we'd say all right what week are they going to get engaged and yep. i said it was going to be this week 
So I'm proud of myself. That a boy. I guessed it. You know, that's nice. that's a big accomplishment for me. So I might put a uh, I might put a picture up on the wall here or something. Yeah, man. Have, uh, have like time. I picked the date. You gotta do that. <laughs> no, I would do that. Yeah, but yeah, I just had to give a quick shout out to them. Uh, congratulations nice. on your engagement. And uh, yeah, I guess love is in the air. Yeah, I guess so. Um, all right, let's uh let's get to the players of the week quickly, and then Colin, uh, we'll save your story for the end because it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty fun. Game. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and then I'll give my keg story at the end as well. So, but it, it's definitely Festivus is coming early for this. So. Um, let's get to the goaltender of the week in the Ontario Hockey League. We're going to go to the Oshawa Generals, and this is capped off by a 6-2 to victory over the Brantford Bulldogs on Sunday. Uh, Jacob Oster is goaltender of the week. He was 2-1, two 2.34 goals against average, save percentage of 944. Also in consideration for the award, Colin McKenzie, who I thought was very, very good for the 67s uh, sure. over Runs the weekend. The oh, yeah. <laughs> I've said that since he's been drafted. Yeah, you have. Since you his have. draft year. Yeah, since yeah. his draft year in Waterloo. Yeah. Uh two and oh goals against average of two. Save percentage of nine forty-three. Jackson Parsons also in contention for this award. He was two and oh as well. Goals against average of two again and save percentage of 0.931. So you oh, gotta have two to gotta have a have chance. Two. Yeah, you gotta have two. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, OHL Player of the Week, Braden Kressler. The Flint Firebirds, two goals, five assists, seven points total uh, over three games for the for the Flint Firebirds, who moved up to second in the, in the West Division over the weekend. Also in consideration for the award, Carson Rakoff of the Kitchener Rangers, three goals, four assists, three games for the Kitchener Rangers. Um which he continues to lead the league in scoring. Um, also, Easton Cowan of the London Knights, two goals, four assists in three games for them. So those are your that is your OHL player of the week, OHL goaltender of the week as well. Um, also, some small news with the Barry Colts. Just want to shout this out: uh, Nolan Newton committing to the Barry Colts. That was announced. Um, on Monday, so congratulations to Nolan on uh, on uh, committing yeah, cool. to the Barry Colts and the nice picture there with Marty Williamson. So scholarship package, yeah, big time. That's nice. big. Yeah, that's huge, especially that's the, with the amount of debt I'm paying off right now. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's huge. Yeah, um, right on. Congratulations on that one, and uh, yeah, that's unreal. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's hit the break here. We're around the 40 minute mark of the show, or just past the 40 minute mark, I should say. Uh when we come back, we will look ahead to this weekend, our games to watch, what you know, we'll have our eyes on, of course. Power rankings, we'll take a look at as well. And then some more story time. I have already told a story from this past weekend. I have another one, and so does Colin. So that should be a fun way to end this week's yeah. show. All of that is coming up next here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Final segment before we wrap everything up. 
which means it's time to look ahead to the upcoming weekend. Games that we'll have our eye on. Um, uh, one for me jumps off right right if, right off the bat. Um, happens to be a Wednesday nighter. Actually, two games on the Wednesday. Uh, yeah, Kitchener is in Owen Sound. Flint is in Saginaw. So that'll be a channel changer whenever there's a commercial. I'll be switching over to the other one. Um, so those are those are two good ones to start off start off the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, week you could say because it is technically a Wednesday. Um, I think you had mentioned it already uh, earlier in the show. Colin Oshawa and Ottawa, they're home and home this weekend. Um, really yep. excited to see that one. Um, you know, I think a I think an underdog game, maybe not so much an underdog game, the way they've been playing early on this season. Um, the Peterborough Pete's making their only trip to the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium. Yeah, um, on uh, on Friday, I think that's a that's a pretty big one. Um, yeah, for sure early uh, on here and then last there's a few one here. yeah last one i've got um or not that i got but one that is going to be pretty big um is mississauga's only trip to the bayshore against the owen sound attack on the on saturday those are those are kind of the few games that i'm i'm looking forward to watching this uh this upcoming weekend yeah future uh future conference mates owen sound and mississauga i should add um when Owen Sound goes to the Eastern Conference next season or the year after that, but that will happen eventually. Um, but yeah, games to watch Thursday for me, Kingston at Barry. Barry struggling in their last 10. I mean, it's a close team to be in my uh low rankings, three and seven, their last 10. Um, not great. So uh Kingston Barry. Kingston, you know, they make the trade with Chromiak, they get better. Um, it's a two teams that are desperate right now. Troy Mann back for a full week. Yeah. Um, that's big. Uh, so that'll be an interesting game. I think on Thursday night, I think that's one that intrigues me to see where these two teams are at, um, in the Eastern conference, the two point game could be a three point game. So those are big as well. Um, in that contest, uh, Friday night, I have Sudbury Erie, Erie coming off of a massive weekend. Erie needs your props. Erie had a big weekend this weekend. Um, the Otters scored a ton of goals. Um, nice to see that in Erie Sudbury, you know, they're a contending team, you know, that could win the Ontario Hockey League Championship. I think you have them making a playoff run. I have them in the finals against London um, in the finals, but that's an interesting one as well for me. And then on Sunday, I think this is honestly one of the best games that we could see all year. Sault St. Marie at Kitchener on Sunday afternoon at the Memorial Auditorium. I think standings-wise, if you like goals – that's the place to be. Yep. I think there's going to be a lot of goals on Sunday. I think if you can go to that game in Kitchener on Sunday, go, because that's better than any football game, because the best football game is going to be on Monday when the Denver Broncos beat the Buffalo Bills. Um, and that's the best. That would be the best football game of the day. Sault Ste. Marie at Kitchener. Two teams are red hot. Two teams that can score a lot. If you like a lot of goals, if you like physicality, that's the game to be. Honestly, I'm tempted to go at 2 o'clock um, with the Bulldogs playing in Peterborough at 4.05. With us, I mean, probably make it back in time to hear. So I'm tempted to go for a couple periods, to be honest, um, to see that one play out because that's that's going to be a game. Um, if not, if I can't make it, I'll probably have it on for sure. But I'm excited for that one on Sunday for sure. Yeah, no, it's uh, another weekend where it's some, some really intriguing matchups um, around the Ontario Hockey League. So um hope everyone is able to tune in as much action as possible um 
and yeah, hopefully, hopefully enjoy the weekend as much as as much as you can. All right, uh, to the power rankings and a little bit of a shakeup um, when it comes to the OHL's uh, power rankings this week. Um, yeah, not included in the top sixteen for the first time. The Brantford Bulldogs, uh, Niagara Ice Dogs, Windsor Spitfires. Yeah, I think we're on the we're in the same boat as that. Um, yeah, yeah. So that includes Niagara. Windsor as well. And then I'm drawing a blank on who team number four is here. I'm trying to match everything Windsor, up. Saginaw Saginaw, Windsor, Saginaw, Branford, Barry. Barry? Barry Colts are not part of the top 16 this week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's 16. I don't know why I just drew a blank. Yeah. I drew a blank on that last week as well on the power rankings. No, all good. No worries. Um, So the... Top 16 look like this. Kingston Frontenac's up one spot to number 16. Oshawa General's up one spot to number 15. Erie Otters move up three. They are at number 14. Sarnia Sting moved down three to number 13. Owen Sound Attack moved down as well. Um, They're at number 12, down three spots. Saginaw Spirit don't move at all. I think they should have. Um, they're at number 11. Yeah, that's what, honestly, that's what made me cut off guard. Sorry about that. That's what made me cut off guard about the teams that are not in it. That's why I said Saginaw. Yeah. How, like, that's it. Honestly, don't you, that's a joke. Um, we're they not even be in the bottom. That. That's a joke. At yeah. the minimum. 11? Like, yeah. shouldn't even be top 15. Yeah. 11. Um, like, yeah, sorry. they're the, they're the one team that did not move. All uh, um, in this week's edition of the power ranking. So they're at 11. Flint Firebirds plus four spots. They're at number 10. Peterborough moves up four as well to number nine. Guelph down four to number eight. London down four to number seven. Sioux Greyhounds up two to number six. North Bay Battalion down three. They're at number five. Kitchener Rangers up three spots to number four. Mississauga drops out of the one spot. Um, they're still the top team, in my opinion. Um, yeah. They're, they're at number three. Sudbury is up four to number two in the Ottawa 67s. Up four spots. They are number one. Uh, Colin Ward, it's time for... We need the low rankings because I got to get this yeah, right let's, underway. Let's, uh, let, let's get hey, to the... Start the Jose Valverde. Start the lawnmower in the ninth inning of the against the Yankees after the Tigers just walked the New York Yankees like a dog. Yeah, um, in, the, in the American League Championship. Man, although Phil Coke got the job done in game four. Shout out to that name, Phil Coke. Um, <laughs> left, baseball, left-hander. Man. That'll be that'll favor you, Wardy. Um hey, I like that. Yeah, let's I'll, I'll go first and then you can get yours out of the way. Um Absolutely. You, can, you can have your rant. Um so my bottom four. Um Windsor's still number 20. Um, I I kind of went back and forth over this um, because we have three teams tied at 11 points. All three of them are in the bottom four for me. Um, it's just a matter of putting them in the correct spots um, yeah. would be the best way. Niagara, number 19. Um, and really, I'm basing this off of what streak they have going for them That's right what I did now as well. and, and points collected because it's... Re- I don't want to say there's very little difference between the teams, but there kind of is right now, the way all three of them are playing. Um, so Niagara is number 19 for me. Um, Brantford's number 18. Saginaw is 17. Um, yeah. So that that's what my bottom four looks like. 
Colin Ward, you have the floor. It is rant o'clock for you. Um, go ahead. Windsor 20. Saginaw, for obvious reasons, 19. Um, I'm just going to say that. Honestly, it's not even going to be a rant. Um, <laughs> what are we doing in the power rankings? How, like, how do you pick Saginaw at 11? You had them 17, I had them 19. How does anyone pick them at 11? Whoever has them at 11, please t- reach out. Please reach out because we have to have a conversation because there's no way. There's zero chance. You know what it is. And honestly, I'm just going to say it's the politics of the game. They're hosting Memorial Cup. If they weren't hosting Memorial Cup, they wouldn't be in the bottom four. They'd be in the bottom four. Like, you watch the team play. They're discombobulated. Um, I mean, Ooh. like, like I can't believe it. Like, their power Lordy, play is the only a, thing. It's a big word there. Hey. Pulling out the big guns. Hey, from the <laughs> Dell Ontario, we pull them out whenever we need to. Hey, I got oh the big I got the big tractor. I got the 32 wheeler out there for that one. Um, disc and all. Um yeah, time to cultivate this mock this uh pool. Um, but uh put a little country because country is this nation's backboneries. Awesome. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Matty Rowe's gonna love that quote with the Will Farrell. Oh, yeah. You know he's gonna Big love time. that one. Um he liked that last year when I started going on those uh quotes quoting will ferrell each week i think i had a streak of like eight shows in a row or something but that was fun but yeah saginaw's 19 um their power play is keeping them alive uh their special teams is good but like memorial cup host branford niagara have no intentions of anything with the memorial cup i mean making the playoffs is an expectation to this point but saginaw 11 is complete mind-boggling to me yeah um so, so and that, that's the reason I have them 17 as the top bottom four, if that's a prize. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> You're the last place loser. Is they have the most wins out of all four. Um, yeah. I mean, like like Niagara's at 11 points because they can't win an extra time. Um, Their starts are horrible. But Talk about discombobulation. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that That's the reason. I know you have Saginaw at 19, but they're 17 for me because they've got five wins on the year. Yeah, I agree. I honestly, I agree. But for, the only reason why they're below these two teams is because they, you're hosting Memorial Cup. Where's the urgency? I know it's early, but where's the urgency? I think the, I honestly, I think the front office made horrible moves in the offseason for a Memorial Cup host compared to other teams that have hosted Memorial Cup. I think it's been bad. And I'm just vocal about it because it's what I'm seeing. And that's so, going to say it. So let me ask you this because I had this conversation with Ted Lehman on the, First intermission of Saturday's game against North Bay. Um, is it a situation where we're just, I, I think I've asked you in the past, but I think it's starting to get a little bit more relevant. Um, are they going to be a St. John who sneaks into the playoffs, maybe loses in round one or two, and then gets prepared for the Memorial Cup? To be honest, it's kind of interesting that, I'm glad you brought that point up because we saw that we saw that firsthand with St. John. I mean, that's the biggest asterisk to the Bulldogs in franchise history. A team that had five weeks. Yeah, because because like, like the it's finals. You know, you, I think you have to get to that point but, in the season where, and, and obviously, you can be the Tampa Bay Lightning, just make the playoffs and win. Um, not you everybody get can in, do though. that, but at the same time, they're not in a playoff spot right now. They're out by four points, which yeah, it, it's early. We're that's two wins. In, that's a weekend, but. But at the same time, I think you also look at it like you have to take a hard, long look about 
what is actually going on the ice, what we're seeing on the ice. Is the system working? Now, like you said, special teams it is. Uh, for God knows what reason, their power play is at 35%. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's working, I guess. But five on five, um, I think you have to take a strong, hard look. And I'm not saying they're going to fire their coach after being eliminated in the playoffs like St. John did. But yeah, hire the guy I, from I, University. I mean, yeah, like it's, I think you have to think about it. Like, I think that's something that could potentially come up. Well, right? you know, like what point do you think we get to there, that? Though. What point do you they think have, we get to that? Well, they have a good relationship there in Saginaw, right? To the front office and the head coaching staff. My question is, they made all these hirings in the offseason, the Saginaw Spirit did. Assistant coach-wise, they brought in new assistants. They went in, they basically overhauled everything. You go out and get Hache and name him your captain right away before he even plays a regular season game for you. Yeah. Um, I think that's interesting to me because I, my question is, being around teams and stuff, my question is, well, what was their room like if they had to bring in an overager to be their captain right away? What's their leadership like? Yeah. Well, one I can tell you, it's a 16-year-old and a 17-year-old who are their go-to targets when you're playing Saginaw. What are you going to say? I don't want Parrick to beat me. I don't want Misa to beat me. Right, those are your two that you zone in on. So you're looking at a 16 year old and a 17 year old, right? And those guys are heck of hockey players. Those guys are great hockey players. Those guys are first round picks, potential yeah. top 10 picks in their draft years. Those guys are great, but that's a big ass to host Memorial Cup with your best players being a 16 and a 17 year old. That's hard, right? Like we saw firsthand with the Bulldogs, Reese. The Bulldogs came out of a seven game series with the Windsor Spitfires and were banged up in that Memorial Cup. They were banged up. Um, Nathan Steos basically played with no shoulder. Ryan yep. Winterton played with a separated shoulder. Um, Colton Cammer tore his ACL and MCL. Every knee bone you can tear, he tore it. Um, now that's that, an injury you Arbor can't Jack play I, through, and unfortunately the Bulldogs exactly. didn't have him on the ice. Exactly. Arbor Jack, I went through, through some injury stuff. Uh, that team was banged up. That team was banged up. Um that's a tough ass for a 16 year old and a 17 year old that have never went through that with that last last year in their rookie seasons. They've never went through that to host a Memorial cup. That's tough. And my, and my answer to reach to your question about if they take the time off, that's just the new age sports. You know, you finish, you finish eighth place out of 10 teams and you get a ribbon, right? That's just the new age sports. Uh, in my opinion, like, you know, like, I think it's a little bit embarrassing if you're like, I honestly, in my opinion, I think it's embarrassing if they don't make the playoffs and I'm not saying that, but they have to, I mean, there's a good chance that they don't have a really good weekend, almost a perfect weekend. We're, we're talking right now next week at this time and they're not in the playoff spot. Yeah. There's probably a 70% chance that happens uh, at this point. Um, but in my opinion, man, like, there's got to be an embarrassing set if it even gets to that point. But I like when St. John's was able to win like that, how many Memorial cup teams have had that much time off and actually won and pulled that off. Yeah. There's two sides. There's two sides to that story, right? There's almost two answers you give one. The one time it happens. Yeah. It's a great time. Everyone's healthy and they hire a new coach, bring in a new system and stuff. And yeah. the players actually played the new system and they played exhibition games against the college. If I'm not mistaken, I remember they were playing so. actually pre, like exhibition games in like April, May. It's like, wow, you can do that. Two, two, the opposite side of the story is 
you bring in a new system, it's a complete disaster. Guys never get it. You lose three games. See you later. Thanks for yep. hosting. At least you made some money hosting. Um, and at least you got two OHL teams or another OHL team in there to be the second Ontario host, basically, yep. at that point, because they're the fans that are going to be able to go. Um, yeah, to me, I mean, I just think it's new aged, new aged hockey, right? You finish eighth place out of 10 teams, you get a, you get a ribbon, um, you know, and it's tough. Like it's tough, but it's just the way it is now. Right. And, um, I just, that's my opinion on it. Um, but Saginaw for me is 19, Ranford 17. Power play is a complete and utter embarrassment. You have your first power play unit. Everyone's drafted on that unit. Um, it's been nothing. Subpar? It's been dead air, like <laughs> I just did. It's been oh, we're over over 10% now. I know they came into the weekend around 9, I believe. 9, 9.5. 10.2 doesn't 10. count. 10.2. Point <laughs> 0.2 doesn't count. <laughs> to me, that's 9.2. Um, yeah, no. Uh, that doesn't count. Um, I know I'm being a little bit of a hardo, I guess you could say. Um, being, uh, but I'm just not like. There's so many teams there where they're not performing. It's like, well, what are you gonna do? Like, do something, right? And that power play. I mean, it's interesting. Me, Test has been great. Luca Test has been great. And by the way, him scoring in London on Friday is probably one of the best stories we'll see this year in the Ontario Hockey League. Um, how can you not feel for him? I mean, what he went through in London, coming to Hamilton last year, now Brantford, hurt, hurt. He had no, he had no, um, oh, no, hip muscle. Like, he tore his hip completely. And mm-hmm. I'll just say it now. And he's got a lot to prove, um, but he's a guy that will end up going in the second, third round of the NHL draft, and his story is going to be great when he gets there because he's a heck of a goal scorer. He scored everywhere he's been. Um and I think that trade from now Brantford in London was a complete robbery. Now, when you look at it, Winterton's not back. Humphrey's gone. Um, you get Bujal, who's probably your hardest working player right now. And uh, Testa, um, that's a complete robbery in my books. Uh, Luca Testa has been incredible. You imagine Luca Testa with Denver Barkey and Easton Cowan. Yeah. Like, come on. Like the guy's got six goals in seven games or seven and eight. Like that's incredible. Um, so I just had to mention Luca test as a positive, but the power play has been brutal. And that's honestly a big factor of why this team isn't performing. If the power play got up another 3%. They'd be a little bit better. If they got, if they scored, if they scored three power plays out of their next 20 attempts, I know that's horrible, but it's still a little better. Yeah. Like you're looking at them scoring one in every what? 26 power plays right now. They were to score two in 26, it'd be better, obviously, but it's just not there right now. And they have a lot of working and talking with Jay McKee regularly. I mean, Jay and staff is one of the most, their staff is one of the most smartest staff I've ever been around. Um, Andreas Carlson is a whiz. I mean, the guys he's trained over in Sweden, I mean, Lucas Raymond had a cool talk about with Lucas Raymond with Andreas Carlson on Sunday in Oshawa. That was really sweet, but those guys, like they know what they're doing. Um, I'm not panicking yet on that because I know the staff and what they can do and what we've saw their track record is, um, it speaks for itself, it, but yeah, them for sure. 17. And then 
16 would be Niagara for me. Or no, 17, 18, yeah, 18, Brantford, 17, yeah. 17's Niagara, okay. Niagara, 17, um, Niagara, their starts just haven't been good enough. Yeah. Discombobulated in the starts, um, kind of lackadaisical, like goes out, like you talked about it before, Reese, like the offsides, the communications, um, it's weird about their starts, but the third period, all of a sudden it's like a different team. Yeah. And to be honest, if you don't, those third periods, and to be honest too, your starts aren't going to be like that in February. You're probably going to have better starts. So I expect those, you're not going to be chasing as much. But if Niagara didn't have those bad starts, you probably have another three to four points in the standings right now. Yeah. Like you probably got 16 points. Like if you can flip those games around. So mm-hmm. if you look at it that way, I mean, the glass is half full. If you're Niagara, there's no panic there at all. You got to yeah. be actually happy with your start. I mean, they came in the year and I had zero expectations for them. Yeah. So well, pretty good reason why. Um, yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's, it's uh, nice let's to see a sorry. Sorry. One more thing about them. It's nice to see Niagara not make a move when they have an 0 three <laughs> weekend. That's huge. They should put a banner up in Meridian center just for that alone, for them <laughs> not making a trade when they go 0 three, because it happened a lot last year, 0 three. And then all of a sudden this guy's gone. They had no dressing room last year and it spoke for itself with what happened in the off season. Yeah. And that's huge to let Kuabara do his thing. He's a great coach. He's a great coach. You listen to him talk in the interviews and stuff. He's a great coach. Um, let him do his thing. Let him do his thing. You don't have to intervene. Just stay away. Stay away. And uh, let the coach coach UGM. Um, the G- the coach will come to you or whatever. You guys, you'll talk every Monday anyways. Um, talk then, but don't make moves. Be smart. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to the top five here. Wardy, uh, a couple minutes to go here. Um, Number five for me um, are the London Knights. Uh, 9-5-0-1, 19 points on the season. Um, it was between them and Sudbury. Um, I'd really taken a hard look at Sudbury. And, yeah. Uh, you know, with them being on a two-game win streak to end the weekend, um, you know, I took – I really thought about having them in my number five spot. They're number six. Um, but, but for me, special teams, I think, is a big factor when it comes to – if you belong in the top five of a power ranking, London's yeah, not to say their special teams is phenomenal, although 87% but, of the PK is pretty good. How does um, London not get a shot on goal in three minutes to want a four minute power play on Friday yeah. night against the Brantford Bulldogs who have been atrocious on the, on the special teams? Yes. yes. Very true. That's, 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 um, that's why I'm not too thrilled with London lately. Yeah. Yeah. But for Sudbury, for me, 9.7 on the power play, 79 PK. That's why they're number six and not number five. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you on that one. So London's five for you? I got London five. Who you got? I have Ottawa seven, two, and one in their last ten. Big weekend this weekend. Winning two of winning both their games. I have Ottawa five. Seven, two, and one in their last ten. I think that's I mean, that's probably best in the league in their last ten, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So I think that's gotta be in the top ten. Yeah, I like that. Um uh, Ottawa's still my pick to win the East. Um, and that's and, a great and pick. With, and with one move, with with win the East division, I should, should say. I'm pretty sure I had them for the conference as well. I'll double check. Um, but with Peterborough, Lockhart being domino number one, um, I think the Ottawa 67s are... My A back. Yeah, ready. 67s are ready to take that division over. Um, number four for me, I have the Peterborough Peets. Um, they have points in their last six. 
up to 19 on the year. They're eight, two and three, only two regulation losses throughout the season so far, which is best by well, a couple of games. It looks like the closest to them with the regulation losses huh, is the Ottawa 67s. They've lost four in regulation. So um, Peterborough, they definitely could have been higher. Um, still not really scoring a whole ton of goals, but also not giving up a whole lot. So um, yeah. I'm, I'm still big on them. I still like them, but they're the number four team for me. Yeah, I, I like that one. I have Sue four. Um, Sue St. Marie winning four in a row. Uh, they'll be higher. If they make it a five and a six or a six spot, they're gonna be higher. Um, they can score at will. They can score whenever they want to. It feels like it feels like Sault Ste. Marie's that team where they can be in a game and then all like it's close or they'll be down one and then all of a sudden they're up three in the third. Yeah, it feels like that team could unleash in any second to score like three or four in a period, and and I wouldn't even be surprised. I mean, that's a good team. Um, Sault Ste. Marie to me is uh my four spot, but they should be higher. Yeah, I, I have them at three, and they are very close to being higher than Kitchener. Um, yeah. I think the difference difference in mine is, and this is very ticky-tacky, not a huge deal. Um, like, that could have easily put them in front of Kitchener. But um, Sue being number three, like you said, they've won four in a row. Um, the differential just makes a little bit of a difference for me. Kitchener scored 77. Sue scored 71. Goals against. Kitchener's given up 48. Sue's given up 52. I mean, special teams is pretty well even. Um, 24% each on the power play. Exactly, 24.6 each. Um, Sue, a little bit better on the PK. Um, but I, I still like Kitchener. I still think they're ahead of Sue. Not by much, but but I like Sue being number three. Yeah, I, I like that one, Reese. I have Peterborough three. I mean... Points your last six, as you mentioned. I I honestly, I just think their defense core, I mean, it's going to be sad when they split it up, Mm -hmm. but that defense core, I mean, you look at that team and you look at their defense, what they have there, it's a tough team to get over the blue line against. Um, They can can dominate a game back there. And um, most definitely I have them three. Yeah, number two, um, this one was... I'd love I'm going Mississauga at number two. Um now the separation between them and Kitchener is one game, one win. Um Mississauga's number two for me. Um they've lost two in a row, which kind of made them take a hit, little bit of a hit there. Um but but still a very dominant team. They could I could easily see them being number one again next week. But um following this weekend, a couple of losses for them. Um, they just slide down to number two. I agree with you there, Reese. I have Mississauga second as well. Um, yeah, dropped two in a row. Kitchener's red hot. Kitchener had some yeah. massive wins this week. I mean, going into London and winning like that, winning pretty handily, in my opinion. Um, that's just clear evidence, you know. That's that's conclusive evidence. That's it. That that's what it is. But um, yeah, I have uh, Mississauga two as well. Yeah. And then I think that easily puts both of us Kitchener number one. Um, Kitchener Rangers have been very dominant to start the year. Uh, as I mentioned, 77 goals for 48 against. They've got a two game winning streak going so far or right now. Um, seven and three in their last 10. Um, they are one of the more penalized team in the in the Ontario Hockey League at 189. But hey, that gives you more reps on the penalty kill. So 
Um, it's at 82 and a half. Like I said, power play is just under, under 25%. Um, Kitchener Rangers, I think with that two game win streak with the two game losing streak for the steelheads that puts the Rangers over, over Mississauga. I agree too. I mean, like I just mentioned with Kitchener, two big wins on the weekend, um, played good in divisional games, which are huge to get those wins. Uh, yeah, Kitchener's won. I mean, big weekend for them, and they just continue to prove people wrong, which is huge. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Kitchener's uh, won for me as well. All right. Before we end the show, Colin, story time with Colin Ward. Um, I kind of said my story for, for this past weekend. What do you got, Wardy? See if you can top it. Yeah, you know what? This is more of a player in the league. I mean, we know this firsthand covering the team. I know what we're going to get. Oh, Branford Bulldogs, Bulldogs, Bulldogs. Yeah, but we're with the team. Um, we're going to have stories. Yeah. So my, uh, I just want to mention Ben Bujal takes a shot to the face. Um, he's sick. Nose gets popped in the place Thursday night, the night before the game, he's in the hospital for 16 hours. Um, Friday, you're at the bud. I'm playing coach. I'm playing, playing my old team. I am playing. He went through that. He played. I just want, and he played, and he honestly he played a good game for going what he went through. You know, you're sick. Uh, your nose gets popped in the place. You're in the hospital. You imagine me. You, we've all been there. You're in emergency for hours, right? It sucks, especially you're in, in Bradford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're in the you're in the hospital for 16 hours. You're sick, and the next day, probably after not sleeping a lot, yeah. you play your old team and coach i'm playing you're not taking me out of the lineup i'm playing and it was completely his decision because the bulldogs were completely re- set on okay he's not playing he's just in the hospital he barely slept like he hasn't even been home like yeah you're not playing and the fact that he played in a game like that needs to be a shout out um any teams that come to info any stories like that about a player on their team be free to Come to us. We'll shout that out all the time. I know there's always been a couple teams, you know, that'll give us info like that to share on the story or to share on the show, um, share their stories and like be allowed to mention that because that's something that I think that goes a long way about the character um, of some of these kids. And, you know, it shows how some of these kids are, you know, it's they're just tough kids. And it's hard to say that, you know, like it sounds like weird to say like that, but some of these kids, the heart, the character that they're showing. I mean, you just got to be proud, even just be a hockey fan of that. Um, yeah. That's a, that's something that needs to be shouted out. Um, and that's something that needs to be known. Of, like that's something to be proud of. If you're Ben Bouchel, I mean, if you're part of the Bulldogs, you're proud to have a kid like that. That's huge. You can win with a kid like that. You'll win with somebody like that. Yeah. Um, that's someone that you need. And to see, to hear that story and to see that story c- come to be, um, is incredible and uh shout out to Ben. Um, great guy, one of the hardest workers this year on the Bulldogs. And uh hopefully he gets a contract um mm-hmm. out of it somewhere because he's been great and uh really good kid and just that has to be shouted out that effort. Yeah, no, that's a that's a pretty cool I mean I I think I'd be the same way going back to Bud, the old team. Um yeah. so that's that that's a really cool story. Um that yeah, that's pretty sweet. That's why I played goalie. You don't hear those very often, like you said. Yeah, that's why I was a goalie. You don't go through that. Well, you guys are weird, so that doesn't help. Yeah, Uh, hey, I talked (laughs) to my post. (laughs) My superstitions were crazy. I wouldn't talk to anybody about my dad on the day of a game. Nice playing. I wouldn't talk to anybody uh, except for my dad. You were like a starting pitcher. 
Oh, yeah, and I do that in baseball, too. Baseball, before I start, I get weird. Yeah. Get a little weird, but it's what it is. You got to focus. Oh, yeah. Attaboy. Um, Quickly, before we wrap it up, my rant for the week. Um, So, the keg. When did the standard of dressing up for the keg go away? Like, What's that? Honestly, since when do people think it's okay to show up to the keg wearing a baseball hat, a hoodie, and jeans. Like, uh-huh. last time I checked, it was still a... F- now, we're not talking about dinner with the queen, but, I mean, she's dead, but dinner with the king, I should say now. Um, <laughs> but, like, at least, like, look presentable. Like, put a golf shirt on, like, a pair of khakis or, like, black pants, like... To me, you show up in a hat, a hoodie, and jeans to the keg. I'm like, bro, yeah, what are man. you doing? Like, have some, I don't want to say have some respect for yourself, but like, look presentable at a restaurant that isn't just a regular place. It's just, it is, it is a little bit more fancy than your average restaurant. Like, for, for me, like, it's a celebration when you go there, right? Yeah. Like, if, for me, I wore a golf shirt. I had a sweat, like a nice sweater over top, um, and a pair of black pants on. And I wore my, and I wore my, um, oh, what are those boots called? Are they called Blundstones? Yeah, they're I called Blundstones because yeah. Birkenstocks are the sandals. Um, I got the bees mixed up, but um, <laughs> I just got a yap like, in the background. My headphones die, so got you live. Right on. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it just look presentable in my opinion like that's that's not acceptable anymore like yeah. in a, like to me a for a first date why are you taking a why are you taking someone to the keg for a first date like why would hey, you spend more than a hundred dollars on a first date in my opinion that that's just a personal opinion show, is that a show richie rich remember there's a rich kid um i feel like I there was there probably yeah was. i don't know i think my older cousin used to always watch it at grandma's house um but like yeah, Alexa and I go out for fifth year anniversary. Like, you know, you dress up a little bit. You, you know, you spray an extra shot of cologne. If you're me, if you're, yeah, I hate cologne. I don't usually wear that stuff. Um, <laughs> but like for me, like I ordered a forty seven dollar piece of prime rib. Like, like you just, it's a fancy place. Like we got yeah. free dessert at the end because it was our anniversary. That was clutch. That was so good. Ooh. I shouldn't have eaten it. Cause I felt awful, but it was so good. Yeah. That's um, nice. yeah. Like I had like, in, you know, we had an appetizer. I had two glasses of wine. Like it's, it's a fancy place. What's that like, wine, red or white? So the white, I had the Inniskill and Riesling. It's, it's good. You gotta, yeah. everybody's gotta give that a try. Um, yeah. but like you just, it, the principle of going to the keg is to feel a little bit fancier and like have a good time. Like it is an event. Not showing up in a sweater and jeans and a hat. Like, I don't know. Just. Yeah, that's that's my that's my rant because it pissed. It pissed me off. I'm going to say it. It pissed me off because I saw so many people doing it and it just made no sense to me. Like, I mean, I mean, feel free to message me if you think I'm a clown and it's 2023 and people can wear whatever they want. But. (laughs) But no, yeah. like if you're gonna well, wear whatever you want, go to McDonald's or go to like I don't know, oh. Steak and Shake. Steak and Shake's good, by the way. It's only in the states, yeah. but it's really. Yeah, good. I've never been to Steak and Shake. It's phenomenal, man. We we should go on Thursday. 
All right. Yeah. Before the Wings game. Um, never been a steak and shake. It's so um, good, man. That's cool. Um, but, but yeah, you know what? We go to this place in London. Liza, my girlfriend, and I, as she's sitting right beside me, so she can hear this unfold. And you can attest to this if you want, Liza. But <laughs> we go to this place in London. If they're listening, if anyone's listening to this in the London area, and I know we have a few London listeners, um, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Dolcetto, it's called. It's a fancier restaurant. Yeah, never it's, an Italian, it. it's an Italian restaurant, but okay. it's unreal. It's unreal. And I think, it, honestly, it takes me longer to get ready to go to Dolcetto than it does for me to uh, go to a hockey game. It takes me a while, but it, it's a really good spot. And, like, that's a really good spot. So anyone in London that knows this, it, it's something to do with the dress code, but anyone in London that knows, like, that place, and if they're listening and they want to sponsor the show, it's a really good spot. And uh, anyone in their uh, – celebrating something in the London area, that's a heck of a spot to go to. So uh concierge Colin D Ward um at your service. But it's a really mm-hmm. good spot. And get the cheese balls for an appetizer. All right. Heck of a job. And the wine's good there too. Like you always gotta go with the wine, I think there. Yeah. yeah. It's like the cat yeah, right? Italian go place. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta go with the wine. I'm more of a red guy. Although they oh, I was white a year ago at this time I was a white wine guy. Now I'm a red. Oh yeah. All right. It's winter. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I was really tempted to get a Negroni, but I'm like, eh, I think wine and prime rib tastes pretty good. So I'll go with that. Yeah. But, um, look at us talking about booze on an OHL show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, no big deal. Um, yeah, that'll pretty much wrap it up. That was my rant. Um, Colin told the story. I told the story. Um, we each got a little angry at something. Not really angry, but um, a little passionate about certain things. But all in all, Another one heck of a show. Um, thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it every week. You're you're always there. We always see the numbers. So we really appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, hope you enjoy the upcoming week. As we mentioned, we have our select few games that we will definitely have our eyes on. And we hope you do the same. So enjoy the week. Enjoy the weekend. And we will chat again in seven days. <laughs>